This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. Recently, I took a look at Chinese stocks to see if any of them were deals. At the time, none of the big cap names were genuinely cheap. This was about two months ago. So I would say in August, July or August of 2018, I took a look to see if they were cheap. As you recall, the Chinese stocks have been selling off due to tariff fears, and now they've recently hit four-year lows. I've also covered Chinese stocks on the Market Edge podcast. So just about a year ago, before the sell-off got really extreme, in October 2017, I was actually much more bullish on the Chinese stocks. I did a Market Edge podcast then called Should Investors Buy China's Fang Stocks? You can go look it up. It was in October 2017. And as I said, I was much more bullish. I had three reasons why it might be time to reconsider investing in Chinese stocks, not trading them, but actually investing in them. And as many of you know, I'm not a fan of the Chinese stocks. Um, I did not own them in my personal portfolio for years. But when I did that Market Edge podcast, I started to reconsider and I actually bought one back after I did that podcast. I did buy Tencent. So three of the reasons I listed in that podcast in October 2017 to make the case for why you should be in the Chinese stocks are um, interesting to look back and see what those were. So the first reason was that the Chinese economy looked like it was coming out of the unofficial week period. They never called it a recession, but it likely was. But it did look like the Chinese economy was finally coming back to life. The second reason was that the Chinese government had picked its winners in every industry. That's what they do. And I considered those companies to be the chosen ones. They had the full backing of the government. So with some of the Chinese stocks, you knew that the government was supporting these companies. And the third reason I felt that it might be time to look at China's FANG stocks was that the transparency had gotten better among the large cap companies, uh, much better than what we were being told with the smaller cap companies that went IPO a decade ago. Most of those aren't in business anymore for various reasons, but um, it looked like the transparency was getting much better. But I do feel like I was wrong about all three of those things and that for that reason, I still consider Chinese stocks to be really recent or really risky, even with the recent sell off. And yeah, it's okay to be wrong in investing. Everybody makes investing mistakes, but the key is to recognize it and then make your course correction. So even recently, Warren Buffett realized that IBM was not working for him and Berkshire Hathaway. And even though he owned it for numerous years and had a huge stake in it, actually, at one point, he sold it all and now is invested in Apple instead. He redeployed that money into other things that work. And that's also a key thing to realize when you have made an investing mistake that, yeah, you made a mistake, but you can overcome that and rebound and get into things that are working better for you. So I wanted to look at these stocks again um, and to see why did my mind change in the last year? 
what is going on in China now and why did I sell the stock that I bought a year ago and now I'm I'm China free again um, because things are looking a little bit different and I do admit I was wrong about several of the things I talked about last year. So the first one was that the Chinese economy looked like it was turning the corner but it doesn't look like it's really doing that quite as uh, boldly as I thought it might a year ago. Growth is there, but it's still not great. And now the tariff battle is going on, and it's unclear how long that's going to last. Some people think it could be settled quite quickly here now that the next level of $200 billion tariffs have been put on by the U.S., but others think it'll drag out until 2019. And then some, including Jack Ma of Alibaba, thinks it'll be 20 years. So who knows? But um, this means that China China could still struggle here for sure over the, the near term. And those stocks um, are at four-year lows, and that's kind of reflecting it, but might see a rebound now that this next uh, level of tariffs have been put into place. So some certainty there, but still it does look like the Chinese economy is struggling a bit here. And then the second reason I did like some of the Chinese big caps was because the government picked the winner. But my mistake was in thinking that the government would want these companies to actually win, but they really don't actually. Um, it's obviously always been government first, then the companies, and they won't take, uh, they won't hesitate to take action against one of these chosen companies at a moment's notice. So a recent example of this, it was the decision to have Tencent yank its video game off the market just a week after launching it. And the reason for that yanking was apparently that video gaming was damaging kids' eyesight. But it was just this one game. It's not like they made all the video game makers, you know, cease video gaming. It's not like they banned smartphones so that you wouldn't damage your eyesight looking at your little screen. <laughs> um, so none of that makes any sense. And this adds on another layer of uncertainty. I thought that the big chosen companies had less uncertainty in China, but I was wrong. They may have even more because the Chinese government is concerned with how powerful some of these companies are getting similarly in the United States with Facebook and Google, Amazon, and their uh, growing power just because of their sheer size. Tencent is not a small company. It's the Facebook of China in addition to video gaming and various other things that it does. It has a market cap of about $400 billion about right now. It's been bigger. So um, to keep control, the government may do things that are not really on the horizon or um, things that aren't good for shareholders like I was at the time. So yeah, while Yanking this video game might not really impact Tencent's revenues in a huge, huge way. It's just another example of I don't know what's going to happen next there, and there's no way to predict it. And as an investor, that's really risky. So I don't like that anymore. And um, the third thing, the transparency, is that really the transparency hasn't gotten that much better. And um, we really don't have a clue about what's going on inside most of these companies, to be honest. If you were actually honest with yourself, I think that's true 
of many companies, even in the United States. But certainly if you're looking at foreign companies, and that's always been why they've been riskier, no matter what country they're in. But Business Week recently did an article about JD.com because the CEO was arrested for rape in Minnesota. Um, he's now back in China. But JD.com is, um, has an interesting background, financial background. They're incorporated in the Cayman Islands, and they're not in a normal corporate structure. They're uh, uh, structured in something called a variable interest entity. And what it means is that several of the key employees actually control, like, vital assets of the company, like the core technologies. And then they sign contracts with the corporate entity to allow them basically to license out whatever that technology is. So you may or may not even know this um, unless you came across this Business Week article or somehow are really drilling down into how JD.com is structured and what is actually going on over there. And this is just the information we're able to, you know, discern and get out of some of these companies. So there's issues like that. Also, JD.com hasn't convened a shareholder meeting since it went public in 2014. Now, you may not care about that, too, because who goes to the shareholder meetings? But the fact is, a lot of companies do hold them, and you as a shareholder can attend. So there's just little things like this. This is just one company, one example, but it goes back to the old caveat emptor, you know, that you don't really know what it is you're owning here. So this leaves us with the Chinese FANG stocks again and the recent sell-off in the Chinese stocks. Are any of them cheap enough to just warrant putting, say, some funny money in, um, you know, quick trades in there? And the funny money, I mean, by you're putting it in and you don't care if you lose it. That's what it is um, because it's still risky. But I'm going to look at some of the same stocks as I did last October 2017 when I thought you might be buying them and kind of see what's going on. And I'm going to look at them to see if any are values or if they're the value traps. And you know what that means? That means that we have to take a look at earnings because earnings really determine whether or not it's a trap. Are the earnings still increasing? Are the, they are the estimates being cut? Um, what's going on there? Because the value trap means the estimates are likely being cut and the estimates are in the decline. So let's take a look. Let's jump in. And I know a lot of you own these stocks or you like them or you want to own them. So let's see if any are true values. So the first stock is Baidu. That's the ticker B-I-D-U. It doesn't get as much love as some of the other Chinese stocks because the chart has been... Um, little more erratic, I would say. But in October 2017, I noticed that it had a forward PE of 35 when I looked at it. That was considered among the cheaper ones back in 2017, actually. And now the forward PE is 17.8, and it's still among the cheaper ones. So basically, that, that PE has been split in half in the last year. These shares are down 10.5% year to date. So they're not down as badly as some of the other Chinese stocks either. But how do you get the PE to lower that much if the stock isn't down that much? And that must mean the estimates are on the rise, actually. So I took a look at that. And sure enough, 2018, 
they are expected to um, see a bigger gain here. So they're expected to do $12.14 now, and that's up from ten fifty two just 60 days ago. That's earnings growth of 24%. So I like that. There's a little bit of weakness so far in 2019. We have five estimates on the company, and they have been cut. But they're still expected to make 1184. So that's just a decline of 2.4%. So I would not call this one a value trap at all. And it's getting close to being like a true value stock. I took a look at its other metrics. Price to book is three. So that's in the value range. Price to sales is 5.2, but that gets a little messed up with some of these internet type stocks. So price to book three and the PE of 17.8. I would not call this dirt cheap by any means. But if these shares were to go a lot cheap, you know, uh, slide further, I might be um, interested in this one with some funny money because, again, I really don't trust these for long-term investing. But this one is among the cheaper of the Chinese stocks right now. So Baidu, B-I-D-U. Now let's switch over to Alibaba because I know this is a favorite of many of you. Ticker is B-A-B-A. It still has a P-E of 39 now, that's cheaper than it has been recently because year-to-date, the shares are down 14.7%. So a little bit of pullback here, more than Baidu. Not as bad as some of the others, but there is weakness here. So I took a look at the PEs, too. It traded as high as 66 times when it went IPO in 2014. And this year, it's traded as low as 29 times. So it's a little more expensive than it has been prior, but not much more. But I took a look at those estimates Fiscal 2019, they're being cut, and we have 569 versus just 663 three months ago. And then 2020, you are going to see earnings growth there, but they're also being cut down to 759 versus 874 in the last three months. So decent earnings growth for this fiscal year, 8.6%. Meh, that's not like the greatest with that PE of 39, but 2020 back to 33% if this holds. Nobody knows. Um, but, you know, it's not a, the worst value trap I've ever seen. It's not even a value, actually, with that PE of 39. And I know many people, again, are tweeting at me, Tracy, you can't look at the PE on these because their business model is so different. So let's look at the price to book. It's 5.7 here. Price to sales is 9.3. So nothing screams value here, even though the shares are down 15%. And if you're trying to get a cheaper growth stock, well, that earnings growth isn't all that great either. So um, not a value, and but not totally a trap, even though those estimates are on the decline. But I don't like that. I don't like to see that. But um, Alibaba, we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, the next one is JD.com. JD is the ticker there, and these shares are down 40% year-to-date for some of the issues that I talked about earlier. The PE is still sky high. It's still trading at 88 times. Price to book is 3.5, so that's not awful. Price to sales, if you're looking at that, is just 0.6, so that's definitely in the value range. But the estimates are being cut for 2018, so this is pretty severe cuts. They were supposed to make $0.64 cents just three months ago, and now it's down to $0.37 cents for the year. That's a decline of 28% versus last year because they made $0.52 cents in 2017. So 28% earnings decline. 
2019 also being cut down to 76 cents from $1.17. That's still a gain over 2018, so they are still seeing earnings growth there. But I don't like it that both of these are being slashed, um, not just a little, like that's that's considerable there. <laughs> so again, um, it does have a value price to sales. The PE is through the roof. But even though the shares are down 40%, not really seeing the value here on that one. It's not really a steal at this level. Then we're going to switch to Tencent, the one I did used to own but now have sold. It's T-C-E-H-Y. This is the Facebook of China. Shares are down 25% now year to date. We only have two estimates on this company, and they were both cut for both 2018 and 2019 recently. So 2018, we have um, 121 versus 138. That's in the last three months. But that is a gain of 15% over 2017, where they made 105. And then 2019... They are also being cut down to 155 versus 185, and that's a, a 27% gain. But again, I don't like it that they're both being cut for both years. Still earnings growth, however, and um, decent earnings growth. PE is at 33, so not super cheap here. Price to book, if you're looking at that metric, 8.1. Price to sales is still 9. And Tencent has paid a dividend. It's very small, but I did like it for the dividend because um, you can't fake the money. The money has to come to you as a shareholder. So um, that gave me some reassurance when I initially bought this stock a year ago. But as I said, I don't like it when the government is suddenly interfering in the companies that I uh, own. And yes, many of you have tweeted at me, well, every country has regulations. Yes, this is true. But you normally don't just see a product yanked from the shelves after it launches um, with basically almost no explanation. So you are not in control of your own business in China. Um, and even the big chosen companies aren't. So, again, this one does not look like a value trap here, but it doesn't have much of a value yet. It has to drop much further for me to think, oh, this is really cheap, and I'll just put some funny money into there. And then we're going to close it out with Sina, ticker S-I-N-A. These shares are down 39% year-to-date, so pretty brutal drop there, too. PE is looking a little more reasonable at around 20. Price to book is just 1.3. Price to sale is 2.5. So it has at least one value metric on the price to book, and that PE is not too bad. But four estimates have been cut in the last 60 days on both this year and next year. So let's take a look at those estimates. They made 277 in 2017, expected to make 317 in 2018. That's a 14% gain. So that's not too awful. But again, remember, you're paying 20 times for 14% earnings growth here. And then 2019, those are being cut down, um, but still healthy growth, 50% gain because they're supposed to make 476 down from 513. Remember, Sina owns Weibo. That ticker's WB. That's the Twitter of China. So, And they have very other entertainment platforms and things going on too. So yeah, four estimates cut in the last 60 days on both of these, but um, it does have the earnings growth the year over year. So I like that. I don't think this is a value trap yet. But it's not super cheap either. It does have some value fundamentals with that 
price to book. It needs to go a little cheaper in some other areas. But if these shares were to slide further, it would be a lot juicier. So Cena is looking a little more interesting. So let's just recap. Are any of the ch- these five Chinese stocks super cheap? No, they're not. Not even not by classic fundamentals, at, at least PEs, price to books, price to sales. And just because a stock sells off from its high doesn't mean it's a value or cheap. That's another thing, uh, another concept for another podcast. What is a value stock? Um, I need to see single digit PEs on some of these minimum to think I was getting a steal um, and or the other valuations have to be really low. And I don't like that a lot of the estimates have been cut on all of these, even though they're having earnings growth year over year for several of them. The only one that isn't seeing the cuts, at least for this year, a little bit weaker for 2019 is Baidu where those estimates are actually on the rise. They're going in the right direction. So Baidu looks like it's got the the best prospects right now, and it's the cheapest one out of these five. It's not down as much, though, so maybe someone else knows something. (laughs) That's the reason these ones aren't down 30 or 40%. Like, um, you know, Baidu's not down that much like some of the others is because these fundamentals are among the best in this class. So these are just some things to keep in mind when you're looking at the Chinese stocks. I'm not against getting in there if they get super dirt cheap. I've been watching the emerging markets. As you know, we just did another episode on any cheap emerging market stocks where I looked at Mexico, Brazil, and I looked at two other Chinese stocks on that episode. So you might want to check that one out. I'm always looking around for the value plays and the areas where the investors are fleeing. But you just have to know some of the risks that go on with emerging markets, um, even just owning foreign stocks, even in developed countries, and especially what has gone on with the Chinese stocks and um, what could still go on there. So you may not be in charge of your own destiny in Chinese stocks, and you should know those risks going into it. But if something gets cheap enough, that reduces the risks to me. So right now I'm China free because they're of the three reasons I gave, um, but I'm not averse to looking at them for future investment purposes. So let's recap those tickers again in case you don't remember them. We had Baidu, B-I-D-U. We had Alibaba, B-A-B-A, of course. JD.com is JD. Tencent is T-C-E-H-Y. And Sina is just Sina, S-I-N-A. So as always, you want to subscribe so you don't miss any of the Value Investor podcasts where we seek out the value stacks that are out there. You can get us on Apple Podcasts as a standalone show. Just subscribe under the Value Investor podcast there. Or you can get both the Market Edge and the Value Investor two-for-one deal on SoundCloud. And uh, you can also get us on Spotify, too. I know some of you are listening over there because I've seen some of the numbers. So definitely subscribe on Spotify, but get us somewhere so you don't miss a single episode. And I'll be back next week with some more value stocks.